This place seems empty. I think everybody leaves after Labor Day. This is nice, right? There's someone else staying here? Is Tamara home? I think you have the wrong trailer. I thought we were all alone. Hi, this is Brandon Ford, and welcome to the Blind Rage Podcast, the podcast where I do commentaries for horror movies I've never seen, and this will be the first of what I hope to be many, many episodes, not only for 2021, but for the future, so I'm hoping that things are just getting started for the Blind Rage Podcast, and, uh, yeah, if you enjoy the show, please help spread the word. Please rate, review. Please don't forget to subscribe. Okay, so this week we are doing a fairly recent movie. Uh, the sequel to the 2008 slasher movie, The Strangers, which would be The Strangers, colon, Pray at Night. I don't see why they just couldn't call it The Strangers 2, Pray at Night, but people seem to take umbrage with putting numbers in movies, and I don't get that. Except, you know, for paranormal activity or whatever. Anyway, so... Yeah, get ready to hear my thoughts, comments, and opinions on that one. But I'd also like to share some recent views that I caught. And all of these were without the aid of audio descriptions. So 
unfortunately, I was lost. Mm, I'm not going to say most of the time with all of them, but I was lost with some, more with some titles than others. What seems to be the ultimate fuck you with not only being visually impaired, but being visually impaired and watching a movie without audio description and you're only using your ears to follow along, but getting to the denouement and not knowing what the fuck happened. And I listen to a lot of these on my iPod Touch. Yes, I still have an iPod Touch from fucking... I bought it in January 2010, and I still have it. And it still works. So, the only way that I know a lot of the time that these movies are over is by checking the uh, the time on my iPod, which, you know, much like my phone, has a voiceover feature. So, yeah... A lot of the time, I spend 90 minutes, I invest 90 minutes in a movie only not to know how it ends or what happens. Uh, And sometimes we don't have the plot summary on Wikipedia to help us out. Mm. So we're just left in the dark. And you can't ask people because people... I'll just be like, oh, I don't remember. I saw that movie months ago or years ago or whatever ago. So, yeah. I'm shit out of luck unless I sit down and actually watch it with somebody. But I don't have any friends. Anyway, (laughs) the first of those movies would be the, I believe, 1982 Ozploitation Ghost Story next of kin which I know has a big following and a lot of people uh, talk about the brilliance and the camera work which you know of course I can't see or comment on and the slow burn and it has such an incredible payoff blah 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 uh unfortunately for me I didn't see it that way Not only because I didn't see it, but because I didn't know what the fuck was going on the majority of the time. Uh, And there wasn't much by way of expositional, is that the right word? Expositional? Uh, Dialogue. So I was trying to follow things, but it, it just, it wasn't working out. And I found myself being, well, I was stimulated, I must say, by some of the Australian accents because everybody who knows me knows I love an Australian accent. Nothing makes me melt more. Uh, So I got some of that, so it wasn't a total loss. But I don't know what the hell happened. I don't know how it ended. I don't know anything. So I can't even give it a review, generally, basically. Next on the list is 
a thriller from, I believe, 2003 called Out of Bounds, which was quite good. I enjoyed it very much. It is an English film about a, a, a boarding school, a senior who thankfully is 18. I thought she was younger until I either looked it up or it was mentioned in the movie, but she's having an affair with her teacher who happens to be married to the headmistress and the headmistress finds out and shenanigans ensue. But yeah, I thought, even though I couldn't really see the acting, I thought the acting was very well done. There was a lot of expositional dialogue, although, like I said, there were some things that I had to look up, including the ending. Um, but thumbs up. I, I did really like it. I watched it twice. <clears throat> Excuse me. I watched it twice. I read, and I thought the, forgive me for blanking on her name, but I thought the young actress who played the lead did a, a very nice job. So that was a good one. And I also saw Robert the Doll, which for those of you who don't know, was I'd never heard of it before, but it but I did hear of the legend of Robert the Doll, who is basically, you know, the Reader's Digest version is Robert. I think his name really is Robert, uh, but he's a doll. <laughs> he's a doll. And he is in some sort of a museum or some something like that. Some sort of... I know he moves around a lot. He gets moved to be on different displays. But I believe he's he's primarily held in some sort of museum. I can't tell you which one right now. But he is believed to be cursed or haunted. And he is known to move giggle, uh, make facial expressions, and uh, generally be lifelike. And he's over 100 years old or something along those lines. And there are supposedly cases of people who have gone to see the doll and disrespected him. They have either said nasty things to him or laughed at him or whatever have you and claim that their their lives went on a downward, downward spiral very soon after. We're talking car accidents, we're talking divorces, we're talking job loss, uh, some deaths, not of the people who... Um, disrespected Robert but close people close to them and for some people their lives were thrown into such upheaval that they sent Robert letters of apology begging him to please 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 remove whatever curse he put on them and uh, you can read some of those letters online 
Now, I'm not someone who can say whether or not I believe in uh, another world, otherworldly things. But when it comes to stuff like that, I'm not going to fuck with it. Because if it is cursed, if it isn't cursed, whatever. I'm going to keep my distance because I don't need any additional bad luck. So, but anyway, getting to the movie. The movie, Robert the Doll, is a very loose adaptation of the legend. They didn't really get into specifics, I don't think, about where the doll came from. But... It was pretty good. It was another English movie, but there were some Americans who turned up for no reason or no explanation. I, I, I yeah, there was like a, there was an there was an American couple, a married couple, who were in the the opening scene, and then oh, so I thought it was oh, this is an American movie, and then we switched to an English family. I said, oh, okay, well, this is an English movie. And then the the main character, the mother, um, goes to visit someone uh, in the, I, I don't know, the fucking English countryside. And she meets the neighbor of this woman who is not only American, but he sounds like a lumberjack. So it was very odd casting. But nevertheless, I thought the movie was pretty good. However, I didn't get the ending. I couldn't. I, I couldn't. I couldn't figure out what happened. I have a feeling I know what happened, but I just don't know how it happened. Um. But. Uh, but the dialogue it was very it was dialogue driven which which always helps me unfortunately you know a lot of horror movies aren't dialogue driven because there are so many there's so much physicality so there's that and <clears throat> excuse me so yeah i didn't get the ending but i i did still enjoy it and i also didn't know that i think i think that there are five movies in the series five or six um i think five which i mean to not have heard of the original is un uh, for me being a big horror nerd is unusual but to not have heard of any of the sequels is also pretty unusual I think the latest one might have been this year or the year before, something like that, because they just started making these in, I think, 2015, give or take. So they're cranking out, like, one a year. Anywho, yep, thumbs up on Robert the Doll, even though I didn't get the ending. And I would have liked to have seen what Robert looked like, because many people commented on how ugly he was. So, okay, other than... That, I really don't have much to share, unfortunately. But 
as always, I will encourage you to please head on over to Amazon.com and type in Brandon Ford in your search bar to check out some of my books in paperback and Kindle editions. If you enjoy the movies that I do commentaries for, the chances are pretty good that you'll enjoy my books as well. So please, please, please check them out. If you prefer audiobook format, you could go to Aud the Audible app, type in Brandon Ford, and you'll find at least nine or ten of my titles. So, yep, please support me. I think that's one of the reasons why I'm not monetizing this this podcast because I'm using it as a platform to help uh, promote my books. So please support me by checking them out. And also, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, critiques, suggestions, uh, feel free to email me directly at blindragepod81 it's blindragepod81 at gmail.com a reply is guaranteed and I know what a lot of you are thinking that uh, a co-host would make the show probably a lot better because it's not just 90 minutes of me rambling but also I could have stuff to someone to bounce stuff off of and to be honest with you I have no idea how so many podcasters do it because it is incredibly difficult for me to not only find someone who would be a good candidate but to get people to commit that is a biggie and for those of you out there who get one or more people to commit to a weekly podcast wow you have must have some uh some persuasive skills my friends because yeah like i said it's difficult so that's all that's going on i hope i didn't ramble on too long last time i rambled on or my last uh new episode i rambled on for i think 27 minutes which was a really long introduction so oh i gotta talk about the end uh countdown yeah we're gonna do a countdown before the movie so if you want to watch the strangers pray at night along with me it's the unrated version which runs i believe 85 minutes 47 seconds and yeah, so we're going to do a 10 count, and then we're going to start the movie, and please have your movie queued up to begin when I begin, so that you can see what I'm talking about, or you could just listen along to the movie audio, which will be playing in the background of my commentary. So, without further ado, let's get into The Strangers Pray at Night. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one.
are into The Strangers, Pray at Night, a movie that I really didn't give a shit about seeing. It was just something that I'd heard about briefly on a podcast. I didn't even know anything about it, really. Uh, I just... I think I heard a direct uh, an interview with the director or something along those lines because he had worked on something else that I enjoyed. It's escaping me right now, but I didn't even know that the movie had come out. I thought that the project was DOA because it was, I remember, announced shortly after the release of the original, and it was such a big hit. And then I think it got lost in developmental hell because occasionally when I would read the horror news websites on a regular basis... I would see some sort of updates about the project. I remember there was a lot of talk of Liv Tyler coming back to reprise her role. And it seemed for a while like the project was going to go ahead and then nothing. And I sort of forgot about it. To be honest... I was not a fan of the original. I didn't like it at all. I tried to watch it. Well, I did watch it twice when it first came out because it was so well-received and I remember it was getting rave reviews on all of the horror uh, review sites it was being talked about on the forums. And it was one of those overhyped movies by the fans. And when I first, you know, of course, I'm a sucker in that whenever something is hyped and uh, so well uh, received or... Oh, this is going swimmingly so far. And has so many uh, supporters initially, you know, and there's all of this talk about this is the... There's always, you know, that this is the best horror film in however many years. This is the best horror film since whatever. This is the best horror film of the decade. This is in the top 10 best horror films of the decade. Things like that. And of course, when you hear those kinds of reviews, you're curious. And after a while, when you hear them, if you're a fanboy like I used to be, or and kind of still am, you do get excited about the film. And of course, you're eager to check it out. And it's rarer than it lives up to your expectations and that was for sure the case with the original film 
I remember for a movie that was, I believe, 80 minutes. This opening scene is so fucking creepy. For a movie that was about 80 minutes, it felt about to be about three hours to me. I remember the opening scenes with Liv Tyler and Scott Speedman's characters and their interactions and everything was so low. Everything was so melancholic and their dynamic was, I don't remember what exactly their thing was their issue was I think they were either getting a divorce or they couldn't have a baby or they had some kind of issue that they were trying to work out or talk through and I just remember Liv Tyler being very sad and it was hard for them to talk about whatever the issue was and this issue seemed to go on and on and on and on. And I don't really think it had anything to do with the progression of the film uh, as far as story goes. It was just filler, it seemed like, until the strangers appeared. And by the time that happened, I didn't care what happened to the lead characters. I just... I wanted the movie to be over, to be honest. So... While it wasn't the worst film I've ever seen, or one of the worst films I've ever seen, and I didn't... I wouldn't say that... Well, mm, hate is a very strong word. I wouldn't say that I hated it. I just didn't care for it, and it's not something that... If I could find an audio-described version of it, I would be probably... I would probably be... I would probably be willing to give it another chance, but I'm not going to go out of my way to find it. With this one... It is something that I found randomly on Audio Vault. As I mentioned before, the website with audio described movies and television shows for the visually impaired in MP3 format. So, I think at the time I, I came across it, I was so genre starved because I hadn't been able to watch many horror films proper because I couldn't I couldn't follow them I couldn't tell what was going on on screen so I kind of gave up unless it was something that I really 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 wanted to see and even then those movies are few and far between and yeah once again I was just so horror starved that I downloaded every genre film that I came across, including The Hills Have Eyes remake, which was a movie that I walked out on when I saw it in theaters. I just... And the sequel, uh, which I didn't see in theaters, but they did have the sequel on Audio Vault. 
So I downloaded, yeah, I downloaded The Strangers 2, and I remember the first, the, the first time, but the first time I saw it, I was, I was quite into it from the jump. I thought it started out with a very strong, very creepy opening. I thought that... I thought that it was successful in a way that the original was trying, tried to be and failed. I was looking at the IMDb trivia for the movie before I started recording. I said, uh, members of the Night of the Living podcast were in the background during this diner scene. I don't know how they swung that. One thing that bugs me about the setup for uh, for the Kinsey character, the daughter, is you don't really you don't really know exactly what she did. You just know that she was in with a bad crowd, and she got in a lot of trouble. I believe she got expelled from school, and so she was going. This was the family's last chance to be together before she went away to boarding school. And I think sending a kid off to boarding school is a last ditch effort. It's something that you do when you don't know what the fuck else. So she must have gotten into some serious trouble. But again, you don't know because they don't say. All you know really about her character is that she smokes. And that's, I think, supposed to make her a badass. Hmm. The, I don't know exactly, I guess, uh, trailer park community is what you'd call it, that they go to for their last, uh, I think it's a weekend together. My, when I was growing up, when I was very, very young, my uncle had a trailer in... Uh, uh, a community very much like this one. And there was a pool, there was a playground, there were uh, little stores for groceries and stuff. And it was a, a really cool little community that um, he would let my family use uh, 
um, during the summer. And yeah, like I said, it was like it, it was like its own little community with the with the strip of stores and people vacationing and it was easy to make friends because it's always easy to make friends when you're under 10 years old and you're, you know. Um, and you're um, playing together in a in a playground. I remember I used to make friends every single time that my family went on vacation at whatever hotel, motel that we stayed at. And I used to make, like, somebody who we would go away for about a week. And I would I would make a friend pretty quickly. And he or she would be, like, my best buddy for that whole week. Times are different. I think Christina Hendricks is probably the strongest uh, actor in the film. The actor who, who plays Luke, I think, is probably the weakest. There are some line deliveries that I think could have done with a second take. Uh, the husband's name, I can't remember right now. Uh, he does a fine, he does an okay enough job. I don't think Kinsey's performance is strong enough to make her a final girl, but she, she did well enough. And of course, what's always mentioned in the, in the, in reviews of the movie is the use of the pop, of pop music during some of the more horrific scenes which I thought enhanced the intensity of them in particular the the final moments when they play the air supply song and during the pool scene when they play Total Eclipse of the Heart And when things start going, they don't stop. And it doesn't seem like they spend a lot of time getting to that point either.
Okay, I was just about to mention this here. This girl knocking at the door who asks for Tamara and then she comes back again and asks for Tamara. Being that there are so many references to other horror films like Chainsaw and Scream and Halloween and The Fog... I can't help but wonder if this name is a reference to something. I couldn't find any uh, information about it, but it just doesn't seem to be random to me. Yeah, you want to play cards? Tamara is not really that common of a name, so I don't, like I said, I, I just, I feel like it's a reference to something. I uh, I read in the in the information that I was looking uh, about the the bad grades in cutting class, and that's why they're sending her away because her grades were dropping and she was cutting class. It's got has to be worse than that. But in the in the information that I was looking up. Uh, as far as this one, this movie is concerned. With the masks. You got the, the pinup, you got doll face, you got the man. I think the one that's a... I don't remember what the other one is, but it was described in the audio audio description version and I'm listening to the to the Blu-ray and I don't remember the you can't go by me of course because you know but I don't remember the masks in the original film having any sort of characteristics or character features. I just remember them being weird, handmade looking white masks, kind of like uh, paper mache or something like that. I could be wrong and I probably am, but in the information that I was reading, 
earlier or that I had read before, they're the same masks. And that leads me to believe that they're the same killers. I don't know because I, I don't know what happened to the killers at the end of the first film. I don't remember. Oh. <laughs> I love when he said they want to send you away, boo fucking who. Like, it's no big deal. Uh, yeah, that's kind of major. What else have you tried? And again, what the fuck has she done that is so bad? I mean, she's definitely a petulant brat. You could tell by the way she talks to her family. And she's definitely embittered because she's being sent away. But as Bill Burr once said... When you're a teenager, you're supposed to be an asshole. So. I think, I think, if I'm not mistaken, oh, if I'm not mistaken, I think that she is the one who survives, who ends up at the hospital, I think.
And from what I remember in the <clears throat> in the audio description, she's kind of like lost in the shadows and you can't really see her face. I don't think she has a mask on, at least not yet. I don't think people live there during the winter, even the people who own the fucking place. It's supposed to be a, a summer community. Oh, good. In horror films, it's always, it always seems to be that the characters can sense something it's either they can sense something is going on when there really isn't much for them to uh, distinguish as far as what should and shouldn't be it's either that or they think everything is a joke. If I fucking hear, is this some kind of a joke? Or this isn't funny in our movie. One more time, I'm going to blow my fucking brains out. But yeah, it's either one extreme or the other.
Uh, here we go. Is this some kind of a joke? So you got both here. A minute ago, literally a minute ago, they said, where are we? I don't know. Everything looks the same. And then dad says, do you need to get back to the trailer? And it's an immediate yes. I believe this is when they're discovering the phones are all bashed on the counter. In, in modern slasher movies, that seems to be the key plot element. It's, you have to figure out a way how to either get the phones away from the characters or if you're going to be lazy just put them in a place and say oh I have no bars
There's music. Because I don't know where it's coming from. Do they have... I, I think they might have mentioned it in the audio-described version, but I don't know if they have Bluetooth speakers planted everywhere or... Especially in, in this scene... Oh. Must have been intense as fuck saying this in theaters. In the trivia on IMDb for the movie, it says that the score is meant to be an homage to The Fog. And I seem to remember this score being similar, or this being the same score from the original. Okay, that um, I'm gonna have to just call shenanigans on that. I mean, what teenager in this day and age goes anywhere, even outside for a few minutes without their phone?
There is a scene that's not coming up for a while, but I feel compelled to mention it. But during the, um, I believe it's the pool scene, one of them, you hear the scrape of an axe being dragged across concrete. And... I don't know if that has become a staple of more modern horror movies or if it's always been there and I just never noticed it. But I have been hearing that a ridiculous amount lately. And as a matter of fact, I just heard it in the movie that I... That I checked out last night, which I don't want to mention the title of because I might do a commentary for it. But it's become a trope to build suspense. It's, you know, the approach of the protagonist who has a weapon and is making it known that they have a weapon to both the audience and the characters they are stalking. And with a knife, you know, you can't really do that. With a knife, you have to show it to them for them to be scared of it. Now, who does she think is going to hear her? Aren't they supposed to be in the middle of nowhere? Acting-wise, I think one of the worst scenes is, is coming up.
Uh, from what I recall, uh, some kind of a uh, a load-bearing pole or something goes through the windshield and is in, the, impales the father in the gut. And first of all, it's a load-bearing pole that is probably attached... Probably affixed uh, to something. I don't know how to build a fucking trailer, but I'm sure it's not, you know, you can't just pull it out or move it. But he tries to pull it out, which I think is kind of absurd. And everybody knows that when you're stabbed or impaled or whatever, you don't, you don't pull it out. Okay, it's coming up here. And for those of you who've seen the movie before, I'd be willing to bet you know exactly what it is. Come on! Yeah, pull, pull it out. That's a that's a great idea. For what?
I like this how, I don't know which one it is, but he or she, one of the strangers, has to find the perfect song on the radio. And we got some Kim Wilde. Some of these songs I I downloaded after checking out the movie. We should talk about this. Some of this dialogue is so stupid. But again, we're talking about slasher movie dialogue, so... I doubt that the director was the first person to come up with this idea of inclu- the inclusion of, of uh, music that doesn't necessarily match the tone of the scene in order to increase its uh, effect. But it's the first time I've seen it, especially with pop songs. And I def- I. I think it definitely did um, increase the tension.
don't even remember where she is during the scene. Why are we not shooting? I think that's her. The, I mean, her being the the one who knocked at the door. He tells her to run. Where the fuck is she supposed to go? There's another scene coming up that I don't like because of the acting. I don't remember what happened to her. I think she got cut in the leg or something. He's trying, I know he's trying to distract her from the pain.
Mm, yeah, pretty much is. No, you probably wouldn't. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, separating is always a great idea in a slasher movie. Yeah, that's never been done before. Now I think we're supposed to be left in suspense wondering whether or not the operator heard him when he said that they were in Gat uh, at Gatlin Lake. Is this a fucking ice cream truck? What is this? Oh no, that's like the machine. Oh yeah, I remember this.
Where this music is coming from, I don't know. I would assume that's coming from the speakers in the area, in the pool area. Oh. But how the the killer had access to it, I don't know. I think as far as the song choices go, this scene uh, and the air supply, I mean, this song and the air supply song go perfectly with the, song, the scenes that they were chosen for. There's the axe. I don't like this delivery about to come up. I think he's definitely the, the weakest of the actors. How's that feel, huh? It's been a while since I listened to the audio described version of the movie, but I remember that the 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 narration for the for what's going on was was very eloquent it was it was prose it was like um i remember the this scene descript being described as like um you know luke and the whatever fucking mask um uh, um go beneath the waves and it bloody dance of death or something like that but it was it was very um it was beyond just describing the scene it was it was it was prose you know you usually don't get that which is okay because you don't listen to the audio described version for Shakespeare, you just want to know what's going on. But I think that the writing for the audio description really helped paint a, a very clear and vivid picture. say I'm not all that fond of this music. It sounds like an Atari game. 
I, I don't, I'm, I'm confused about the, well, the main road, first of all, and the entrance slash exit to this community because it's fenced in. So one would assume that it would be locked. And um, this seems like something that they would have done, they being the, the masked villains, to keep, they would have locked them inside. Well, at least that's, that's what they would do if they were a little bit smarter. But you have, why she couldn't get out, she being Kinsey, why she couldn't get out initially because of the fence. And then you have the cop driving through and that mother and son driving through in the truck. Oh, here's the cop now. Uh, I mean, you know, you know that's going to happen. If you've seen, like, three slasher movies in your life, you know that's going to happen. The chances of her getting in the car with him and driving off to safety are nil. Oh, God, here we go with the ridiculously obvious scream reference. How she was able to know how to work that, I don't know. Maybe she was up to more than just failing classes and cutting and uh, and cutting school. She knows how to shoot one of those things. I have to say, as much as I disliked the original, the why are you doing this explanation in that one is better. The because you were home is is a lot creepier than why not. That's just a little too simplistic for me. 
both imply that it could have been anybody. But, you know, because you're, you were home meant that they were looking for victims in that specific area. In this one, they... It was a little more calculated than that because they knew that the family was coming and they waited for them, so... I think how many were killed. So you got the brother killed the one, she killed one. There's one driving right now. Or four, aren't there? Oh God, the whole car won't start. Slasher movie trope. As corny as it is, I love this song. It really, it really does go very well with this particular scene, and they. On the Blu-ray special features, uh, I think the, the actress who plays Kinsey says, it's either her or, or I think it's her. Um, she couldn't think of a better song to go with the scene. This, this I wish I could have seen because I bet it's really, really... It looks really cool with the fire, with this music playing. Another the reason why I think this this song um, intensifies the scene is because it's, not only is a pop, is it a pop song, but it's a it's a ballad.
Mm. Is that the axe again? Yeah, there it is. Most notable uh, in the scene where she jumps in the back of the truck, you know, everybody compares it to the, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the original, when Sally jumps in the back of the, the speeding truck. And I think that was for sure an intended homage, but I also think it, it lends something to part three. Because, or Chainsaw Massacre 3, because you got the scene where uh, Kate uh, kills, um, whatever the fuck his name was, in the back of the truck. One of the chances of a brainless, brainless bitch like you even know how to use that thing. Pretty goddamn good, you backwoods motherfucker. I hate this. Wait. Hi. Okay. Are you really making with formalities? Hi. Oh, she doesn't shoot him. My mistake. I might be completely out of my mind, but I could have sworn there was some interaction between the driver of the truck who was a woman and her son a little boy I'm almost po <clears throat> excuse me I'm almost positive I'm talking about a baseball game or something? Or maybe I'm thinking of another movie. Or maybe it's not in this version, because this is the unrated version. I don't, I don't think he would have survived. I don't, I really don't. I think that was probably added, because there's, a, there's another ending, which I don't... Luke, Luke, I mean, I don't think he was would have survived. There was another ending that I don't, I don't remember exactly what it was, what it entailed, but it was different. And I don't remember if it had him surviving or not. I would assume that his survival had something to do with the test screening. 
Oh, no. Alrighty. Well, that was The Strangers, Pray at Night. And I want to thank you so much for those of you who hung around until the end. And no, this probably wasn't my best commentary because there were some gaps. But as someone who shall remain nameless told me recently, it's better to have some gaps than a bunch of uhs and ums, which I tend to do pretty regularly and I'm, I'm trying to be conscious of anywho thanks again for staying with me to the end of the movie I hope you enjoyed the commentary I hope you enjoyed the movie and most of all I hope you will join me for another episode of the Blind Rage podcast until next time this is Brandon Ford wishing you all unpleasant dreams.